0: If you love where you live and love to help travelers, sign up now to be a Circa Concierge. Help out our users and earn tips for the knowledge you have about your own city or country. Head over to circatravel.com forward slash concierge and sign up today.
1: As you write your life story, you're far from finished.
2: Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued Welcome to Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. So I've been to Brussels. Me too. And as any person that's in Brussels, at some point you got to go see the little pissing boy. It's Dennis, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> very well done. That's the
1: intro. <laughs> Best joke, and I ruined it. <laughs>
2: There are things we think we know about places, but history, prejudice, stereotypes, and the viral nature of 24-hour news and social media has made common knowledge about faraway places more twisted than ever.
0: Today on misinformation, we try to clear up some of the outright lies, mistakes, myths, and misnomers of an entire nation by doing what we do best, by having a chat with someone who actually
2: knows what they're talking about. Today, we're going to Belgium. Which is French, right? Or German? I thought it was Dutch. I mean, what the hell is Belgium? Welcome to the show where we ask the stupid questions so you never have to again. Welcome back to Miss Nation.
0: Bordered by the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Germany and France... Belgium is a densely populated, complicated, but often unseen, unheard, and uncared-about place. It is, however, filled with odd, rich histories. A mountain of outside influence, so many divides, three official languages, and tens of unofficial
2: languages and dialects. On the surface, it's known basically for bureaucracy. Fries, chocolate, diamonds, Tintin, tin. A statue of a peeing boy. And... Well, not much else, right? Not many
0: people can truly look at Belgium as quote-unquote defined or iconic or renowned. But as we all know, it's often the understated places
2: that are the most surprising. And that goes for our guest today, too. Our friend, the wonderful, kind, and hilarious Belgian-born Dennis Van All right, can we st- we can still do this, right? This is the first time I've had a, a microphone in front of my face in a long time. So we haven't done misinformation in nearly
0: two
1: years. Oh, wow. And you decided to start with me? Yep. <laughs> I mean, we decided to start with Belgium. <laughs> yeah, me. There's like one person in... I mean, we did the research,
2: right? There's nobody there. <laughs> we did choose the Belgian.
1: So I did see previous... Or I did listen to previous podcasts of you guys. And mm-hmm. I didn't notice that... In the end, you say very nice things about the person that you talked about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is going to be amazing.
0: Dennis is a 3D design master with a savagely dry sense of humor and off-the-chart level of empathy and charisma and more than 30 years of trying to figure out what it means to be from a place that no one really
2: recognizes. How's that, Dennis? But what does Dennis actually think we're going to ask him about today?
1: I wrote some things down. Some of them I don't want to ask the question, but I think maybe you guys will. So we'll see what happens about that.
2: (laughs) Very neatly, I have to say.
1: And on On graph paper. On on squared paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know how to type in Belgium. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm thinking that you're going to ask me about the languages. What is Flemish? What is, well, Walloon? What's the Walloon part? Flemish? All these things. Um, Belgian fries versus uh, French fries mm. Yeah. why do we have the best beers plus <laughs> separate glasses what's the difference between Dutch and Belgian people yeah. politics mm-hmm. that's definitely going to come up <laughs> um, comic books maybe although I don't know oh, nice. too much about comic books if we have to
0: start somewhere it makes sense to start with Belgium's biggest icon of
2: sorts and that has got to be Tintin Created in 1929 by Georges Rémy, which is how it's pronounced properly, better known as Hergé, Tintin, or Tintin became a worldwide star. The globe-trotting Belgian reporter and his trusty dog, Snowy, or Milou in the original French version, is surely as adored at home as it is internationally. So I've never read Tantan. What?
0: No.
1: Oh, I don't blame you. Me neither. No, 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 no. <laughs> what no. come on I know other comic books Tintin in-
2: being racist in Latin America nobody seen, read this I've seen Am the pic- i the only one that's I've read. seen the <laughs>
1: pictures uh, and they still sell the bags of him being dressed as a Chinese person yes. uh, in Brussels airport oh, I which I think seen. is well amazing and terrible at the same the time I don't know it's not great it's yeah and there's so many Tintin comic books that aren't readable anymore yeah. they're like banned for good reason mm-hmm. I guess
0: Tintin has gotten in a little hot water over the years for being, well, culturally insensitive. The Belgian court actually rejected the banning of a 1946 edition of Tintin in the Congo in 2012. Tintin escaped trouble once again. But in Belgium, he's
1: not even called Tintin. Tintin is very famous, although in Flemish we say keufje, which has no meaning to you guys. Uh, yeah, Yeah, It's It's like... If your hair would stand up? Quiff. Quiff? So, cough, quiff. Quiff. quiff.
2: quiff. So, quiff got to quiff
1: very yeah. fast. <laughs> right oh, oh, yeah, that was number eight on my list. Uh, so, how much do you love Tintin? I feel like, and that's the weird part, I feel like people, the, everybody that I met from abroad has more love for Tintin than I have ever had. You're just like, look at that quiff head over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that aside, given that perhaps Belgium's most famous export is imaginary, it would seem pretty easy to believe that it's because there are no actual famous people in Belgium.
1: Wait, you know definitely one famous Belgian. He was your favorite action hero. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Schwarzenegger, of course. <laughs> very, very <laughs> Uh No, very, very Belgian in general. So Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, I mean, everybody knows him. The muscles of Brussels. How Belgian is Jean-Claude Van Damme? When you he-
2: like see him, hear him, does your heart flutter?
1: No. <laughs> um, but I think in general Belgian's heart don't flutter that fast. Um What about when he has that mullet? Oh the mullet. Does your heart flutter oh, then? Oh well, yeah, well, my heart flutters when I see a mullet in general. <laughs> I think why not. Is are mullets a thing in <laughs> Belgium?
0: Is that a thing?
1: I don't understand this question, but they were a thing in the eighties. Yeah? I guess everything comes back eventually, so I'll do this podcast again in 10 years, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, they're totally back. But you were so. you were in Belgium a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. You didn't see a lot of mullets. No, 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 no. no. They, no. Yeah. I do think it's cool on kids, though. It's incredible. Like, so. even I'm scared when I pass a kid with a mullet. I was like, here's my wallet in my phone. <laughs> it's fine.
2: Take it. Yeah.
0: But scouring the internet for a list of famous Belgians beyond Jean-Claude Van Damme was pretty amazing. The incredible singer-songwriter Jack Brel, the world-renowned gypsy jazz guitarist Django Reinhardt, master painters Peter Paul Rubens and René Magritte, fashion designer Diane von Fustenberg, and icon, activist, and actor Audrey Hepburn. It's true.
1: What? Yeah, I think I heard that one before. What are no. you talking about? But
0: even I am like, oh, really? So there goes the stereotype that Belgians are ugly and hairy.
1: Wait, <laughs> first of all, I'm right here. I'm but now insulting me? Oh my God. <laughs> you would have Matthias Hunartz, which is a famous actor oh, now. Yeah. I know him.
2: He's very Belgian. I would call him very Belgian. For our non-European listeners, he's, he's an actor that you would maybe recognize now because he's gotten all the way up to Hollywood. Bullhead. Yeah.
1: Bullhead's Bullhead. amazing.
2: If you want to see a dis- There's one destroying Belgian film. movie. <laughs> one Belgian film that also gives you that sense of, what is this country? Yeah. <laughs> so, we finally made it. Languages. Let's get down to business. We're talking about a country with three official languages. We're pretty sure Dennis can speak all three.
1: Yeah, I get that question a lot. So, are you, so you speak French? I so was like, yeah, no, I'm one of those stupid Belgians that only knows one part of the language. Because we, we, we do have three languages: we do have French, Flemish, and German, actually. What, what the German, though? It's like 1%. So, nobody even bothers. Well, people who, who are highly educated and they need German for their work will learn German, but otherwise, right. it's more French. And, like in schools, when you're until you're 12 or starting from 11, I think you start with French already.
2: So Belgium is split into three parts. There's Wallonia, that's the French-speaking region, Flanders, the Dutch-speaking region, and the capital region, which is basically Brussels.
1: So where does Dennis fit in? I grew up in Flanders or the Flemish region, but Mm. I'm from West Flanders. So we still make a big difference in between West Flanders and East Flanders. And West Flemish people have their own dialect. So I'm very close to Bruges. A small town called Torhout. Um, And the funny thing is, in West Flanders, we're considered sort of the farmers of Belgium in the sense that our dialect is so strong that even if we try to speak proper Dutch, everybody directly knows that we're from West Flanders. We have different G's and H's and things like this. And we even get subtitled. When we're on Belgian television, people, they (laughs) will subtitle us. That's amazing. They don't understand mildly insulting no it's amazing i love i love being west flamish i can speak my own language all day long and still meet people from holland or from flanders and they would barely understand us so i'm very happy you speak it's like this extra language you have in your pocket that you can never use <laughs> yeah how different how different is it if you would say yeah. how are you um in in flamish it would be and in West Flemish, it would be West. That's the, Yeah, that's not even close. Oh, it's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> what I, one, one of the most. <laughs> yeah. The first
2: one sounded like who farted. <laughs> who farted. Yeah. And the other
1: one was West. West.
2: Kanye West <laughs> farted.
1: <Okay>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so if if you're considered the, the farmers, I mean, people think you guys are the yokels. You guys are yeah. don't really not very smart. Yeah. Sheep potentially.
1: No, it happened once, but I mean <laughs> I'm sure this is gonna be cut out at college. I'm not planning to become prime minister, so this will never come out.
0: So Ye yeah, is definitely not Belgian, but there is one incredibly famous Belgian. One that you know. A tiny statue which sits at the center of Brussels. And depending on who you talk to embodies calm, defiance, complexity, simplicity, seriousness, or the humor of its nation. A 55 centimeter bronze cast of a boy pissing in a fountain. So I've been to
2: Brussels. And as any person that's in Brussels, at some point, you gotta go see the little pissing boy. And I don't know your experience, but when I got there, I was like, it's just a a tiny little pissing boy. Any of those kind of National icons—they're mm.
0: always a little bit smaller than you imagine. They're always like a little bit like it's like seeing Tom Cruise. Mm. Like mm. he's a little bit weird looking <laughs> and he's tiny. He's well, like
1: <laughs> Tom Cruise is actually the same size as mannequin piss. Yeah, yeah, if mannequin piss would stand on an apple box, it would, it would be, be Tom <laughs> that's Cruise. It. Yeah, exactly.
2: The thing about mannequin piss. Very kind of low key. Yeah, it's on like a little weird. And as 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 a national symbol, it's like a very simple idea. You know. Yeah, it's like this kid seems fine. Yeah, but he seems happy. Was he he
1: wearing clothes? What do you mean? When you saw him? What do you mean? What what do you mean? They put put clothes on him? Yeah. What? They dress him pretty much up every day of the year. If because there's a special event for this or that, or yeah, yeah. for Christmas. I think there's a museum of all the clothes that he's wearing. Mm. During the year, yeah. Nice. Yes, you know? I got I got naked mannequin.
0: You got pissed. you got straight nude. I got straight birthday suit mannequin. Totally. I, I, I thought naked. you were
1: going to say I got naked. I was like, that's <laughs> probably one of the laws that's not that's not appropriate anymore. <laughs> <like>, now you <laughs> and me, <laughs> you
0: call that a pissing boy? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll show, show you, you a pissing a man.
2: <laughs> that's a weird question to ask. But do you have any feeling for mannequin piss?
1: What does it say about a nation to have as their <laughs> national symbol? A little boy at peace. I mean we could have had anything. We, have, we came from, from German, Holland and, and French roots. We could have done anything. And then one guy decided no, let's have a little boy at that, that piece and that everybody's gonna come and visit.
2: And, and everybody and does. Everybody so. does. I did. But it's also a little bit of a fuck you. On the national symbol scale. Yeah, it's not like some muscular dude <laughs> killing somebody
1: else. You know what I mean? Jean Van Damme pissing. <laughs> <laughs> I Just would definitely go see that. Jean
0: Van Damme doing the splits oh, with no, his he's junk out, clothes. taking a pee into a fountain.
1: <laughs> but honestly, I don't know the story behind Monica Me neither. There you'll do it in the voiceovers, I presume. Yeah, we'll find, <laughs> we'll find, we'll find so. it out. I hope yeah. it's good.
2: The most famous origin story of the mannequin piss is that of a young boy who saved Brussels from disaster. The enemy was at the gates ready to bring down the city walls with gunpowder. Fortunately, a little boy who desperately needed to pee put out the fuse with a nice strong stream of urine.
0: Another tale paints the boy as the victim of a witch's spell, frozen in time as punishment for peeing on her door. But the word is, most Belgians now just see it as a little bit of toilet humor. A sly joke in stark contrast to this intangible national personality masquerading
2: as a tourist attraction. Brilliant. In the bordering Netherlands, Belgians are considered... Well, not that intelligent. And in Belgium, the Dutch are considered arrogant, loud, and tactless. It's a, it's a rivalry of sorts, based mostly on history and proximity, as these things quite often go. But here's some context. And cue historical documentary music. Perfect. And... Action. In 1815... Shortly after the fall of some guy named Napoleon, the Congress of Vienna were struggling to keep Europe together, chilled, neutral. France and Prussia were too strong, and in an attempt to cool their boots a little, the area that is now Belgium was given to the newly founded United Kingdom of the Netherlands. Some guy named William of Orange was put in charge, and the people of
0: Belgium, or the Southern Netherlands as it was known, were not big fans of him or the color orange. Insane taxes, religious intolerance, and high penalties for breaking the littlest of laws saw a short-lived revolution
2: in 1830. A provisional government was formed, and they quickly declared an independent Belgium. King Leopold took the throne, and Belgium and the Netherlands parted ways. William the Orange wasn't thrilled. In fact, Belgium wasn't considered a country by the Dutch until nine years later the rivals were off to a shaky start. Is the rivalry between the
0: Netherlands and Belgium, like how much of that is, is, is real and how much of it is
1: just jocular? And I don't think anybody hates each other or, or they're, they don't get along. I, I love Holland. Like I love Dutch people as well. They're, they're very different. Dutch people, as you all know, are very direct, which can come across as quite harsh. And even for me, when I first had some friends that were Dutch, I, I, that really hurts a lot. <laughs> Like, it did the opposite then made my heart flutter. It really... <laughs> <laughs> it was not a Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's actually liberating that they're so honest, because us Belgians, we don't do it. Mm. Like, we're right. always quite timid. We're always going to be, like, uh, in the background, not doing too much, not offending people. And that's why nobody knows where Belgium is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just need to go, hey! Yeah. But does it feel like you're related somehow because you share a language? Do you feel there's a connection? No,
1: I don't feel like we're related to Holland. And I don't think the Walloons feel like they're related to France. So, no, I think we did become a very different kind of people. But we could never go back now. So let's keep it like it is, but let's try to get along in our own country, which is like two hours big. So that would be cool, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I mean, if that's I... The if I is two hours big. <laughs> I heard the comparison with Russia, for instance, that they all speak Russian. Quite similar, no dialects. Like everybody speaks pretty much the same. If I go 10 kilometers out of my own town, they will speak a different dialect. So that's, that's not good. <laughs> it's just not good. <laughs> It's not good, but it's also really rich. Yeah, that's, that's true, that's true. The new country
0: of Belgium was officially up and running. And to announce themselves to the world, to burst through into the limelight, they gave us one of the most hated musical
2: instruments of all time. Did Belgium invent the saxophone?
1: I think we did, yeah. Sticking with sexiness. I was going to say, was his name Thanks. Mis- Mr. Sax? I- <laughs> Probably
2: An instrument that's used 90% of the time so terribly It can be transcendent Yeah John Coltrane Yeah And then it can be horrendous Yeah Kenny G <laughs> Which some people so, <laughs> thank, thank you see. Dennis <laughs> somebody, per, somebody who works on this is a big fan of Kenny G Hi Ryan <laughs> Hi Ryan <laughs> He's, He will fight us to the death He will fight us to the death <laughs> And he can take us down Okay Hungry? I mean, sure, but isn't Belgium like a culinary desert? Isn't it just chocolate, waffles, and fries?
1: Mm, no. We do, we do have, uh, I think, how they would say it in French or maybe Flemish, like we're bourrondiers. Uh, we, we love good stews, for instance. We're very good in, like, winter winter food. Mm. So if you go to certain cities, you're going to eat a lot of good food, actually. So we have, like, from Ghent, you have Gent Sawaterzooi, you have Stoffelees, which is like a stew that's very famous for Belgian. Super good, yeah. Above all that, we have those amazing dishes, but one of the first things that I will eat when I go to Belgium is fries. What are special about your guys' fries? Um, I think it's because we bake them twice. That's already a start. Like, uh, it's a, it's a two-process baking thing. But then also, as far as I remember, or it used to be like this before, that, that restaurants needed to have a special permit to make fries. So you couldn't just be a restaurant owner, no, no, you also had to have like a certain a thing that hangs on your wall saying that you passed the test to make fries.
0: So Belgian fries, not French fries. The story goes that a group of soldiers stationed in Belgium in the First World War had their minds blown by double-fried potatoes. But the problem was they'd been told they were in France. They were, in fact, in Belgium. French fries,
2: a misnomer that has stuck to this day. Belgians take their fries super seriously. And in 2014, a group successfully campaigned to have Belgian fries added to the UNESCO list of cultural treasures. There's also a museum of fries in Bruges. The Frit Museum has everything you need to know, maybe more than you need to know, about the history of Belgian fries,
1: cooking techniques,
2: and recipes. So, on to the other beloved staple
0: of Belgian cuisine waffles
1: yeah well we have different kind of waffles by the way we have Brussels waffles and then waffles from Liege what's your topping I would say whipped cream ah you were still talking about the waffles (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) nicely done that's that's amazing so whip uh, whipped cream on your waffle (laughs) yes (laughs) thank you
0: (laughs) I hate you both (laughs) Waffles, undeniably Belgian. Let's just leave it there.
2: Another undeniably popular rumor floating around on the internet was a little surprising, and it's one that seems to be as prevalent as ever. If Belgium can
0: be considered moderately famous, and even moderately famous is a stretch, it would seem that one thing that they really are famous for are the most terrible roads
1: on the continent. You know what the worst part about this is? That uh, my dad, um, he's retired now. Sorry, dad. Um, he worked in asphalt. That was what he did his entire life. Oh, oh no. So, shout out. Uh, <laughs> Can we get him on my phone? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, no. What's the deal, dad? He's probably already asleep now. But uh, <laughs> I don't know why. It sucks. As what are you talking about? So like bumpy... A lot of potholes, a lot of potholes in the roads. And I once asked my dad how that, wh- why the reason for that is. And he said that it's because when they grind down the old roads, they would use sometimes the same asphalt into the new roads. So they, w- they would like repurpose it. Right. Oh, you definitely have to do it. If you ever have the chance to go from Belgium to Holland... As soon as you cross the border, and I swear to God, it's probably where the sign is saying welcome to <laughs> Netherlands, the road just becomes magical. Smooth. This was the exact experience I had
2: going from Bolivia to Chile, smooth sailing.
1: My dad did work in Bolivia for three years, though. No, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> 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 he did You're he destroying have, the roads yeah. in two country. We only hire Belgian <laughs> <laughs>
2: asphalt people in our <laughs> <laughs> country. So perhaps the conditions of the road led to a true Belgian obsession, cycling. Eddie Merckx, perhaps the greatest cyclist of all time, was Belgian. He won five Tour de France titles among a record 11 grand tours. Every one of cycling's five one-day tournaments at least twice and three world championships. But with such terrible roads, why does Belgium love getting on their bikes?
1: Well, I think every country has the, the soccer, football, whatever country you're listening to this. Um, um, but then for us, it's cycling, and and I used to cycle when I was a kid as well. Like I did races and everything. I was terrible at it, but I did it. You had the the bike with the handlebars, yeah. yeah that go still curved have down. still have the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You for look, sure. You look like a cyclist. I don't know if that's a uh, like a good, a good thing, thing or a bad yeah. thing, but hey. Thanks. Um, I hope in the end of this conversation, the, the nice things you say about me are going to be nicer than that. Uh, <laughs> I'm working my way up. <laughs> he looked like a cyclist. Oh, wow. that's going got to be on my grave there. Um, <laughs>
0: So rather than answer the question in his typically contradictory style, Dennis reminds us instead of something else that the Belgians are totally obsessed with, despite potholes the
1: size of bomb craters. We do use a car for everything, and I don't know why, because we're such a small country and still we need to go, we need to transport ourselves everywhere by car. Like, I, when I went back to Belgium, I have a friend who lives five minutes walking. I can see his house. From my parents' place, I can see his house.
2: Yeah.
1: And it was, like, uh, eight in the evening. I was like, oh, I'll go visit my friend. And my mom's like, hey, do you want me to drive? I was like, but I, he's, he's right there. And, like, and she's like, are you going to do this? I was like, it's five minutes walking. But I don't you're going to
2: use your legs.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so does this mean that people are driving as soon as possible? Like, you were driving...
1: Yeah, most people get their driving license when they're 18. For us, it's, well, 16, you can start, 16, 7 months, something like this. And then when you're 18, you can fully so drive. So you
2: have two years of beer drinking under you your two belt. Two years of beer See,
1: you can get sensible, and then you have to do the heavy work, like the driving part. So... I think in America it's different. Yeah. You get to start driving how, how 60 old? 16. Yeah. But. And then at 21, five years later, they discover this magic potion called yeah. beer. And they're like... Hey. And
2: by then they already had guns. guns. By that point, <laughs> yeah. internet porn, driving guns. It's in the correct order. <laughs> well... We'll be back after the break with weird-ass laws, beautiful, beautiful Belgian beer, and a little bit of pigeon milking. (laughs) I almost got there. Pigeon milking. It's not easy. It's not easy, that one. And a little bit of pigeon milking. You'll find out. Just stick around. Hi, everyone. Circa's recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar
0: energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in
2: Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investinginamerica.
0: Okay, welcome back. On to the centerpiece of Miss Belgium.
2: The one thing that is truly synonymous with the country... The one thing
0: they do better than anyone, and they have done for centuries.
2: The one thing that makes Belgium Belgium, and something near and dear to our hearts. Belgium is one of the places that makes pretty decent beer. Wow. Um,
1: Pretty decent beer, he calls it. No, it's, it's, yeah, no. Let's be honest, we do make the best beer. Um, (laughs) Between the normal beers, I think every country has it handled, they know what to do. But then we come up with the seven degrees, the nine degrees, 12 degrees sometimes. 12, 14, 14, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing to see a foreigner drink one of these higher rated beers because they they don't know what it is. Just like I don't know what it is to drink whiskey, for instance. Uh I, I wasn't. I didn't grow up with it. So for me, it's a very different experience. But we learn how to drink technically when we're 16. I was going to say, how young were you when you started drinking? I was 16, yeah. The first party that I did, I ended up in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> that was my first drinking experience. So my brother took me to a bar he already gave me four beers I never drank before he gave me four different beers (laughs) Crick, Juan, Juppeler and another one well I don't remember and then we went to a party and then I just woke up in the hospital that's (laughs) kind of what happened great evening though Um, (laughs) woke up with Mm. a mullet
0: (laughs) We'll up with a mullet.
1: Yeah, at that point, I could still wear a mullet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> my mom had to pick me up. I had to first get my bike out of the ditch. Uh, that was the first thing. Then I had like the worst hangover ever. And then two weeks later, the first thing my brother did when we went out gave me a half a liter and he says, Let's try this again. Let's go again. Wow. And get back good. on the
2: bike. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: There's one called quark. Uh, quack. Quack. Yeah. Oh, that. The Quark mm. comes in, in like this wooden handle, I would say, that's separate from the glass. So you can, if you want, take the glass out. And there is a bar in Ghent that uh, they have a liter and a half glass, I think. That's not a glass. If you want to drink one, it's the same. It's like with the wooden structure. If you want to drink one, you have to give your left shoe. Because and they yeah, like, we because, want this glass back. Yeah, because you they can't steal, steal it. it otherwise. So <laughs> they put the shoe in a little basket and then they hoist it up to the ceiling. <laughs> and then when you want to leave, you give in your glass. They will put the little basket down. You get your shoe back. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <insane. laughs> and you can only drink one or two of them. So you're also not allowed to drink more. You wake it's, up in bed with one shoe
0: and
2: a soggy
1: yeah. sock. The bar is called the griet, I think. Yeah. De Le Grit. When, you, when
2: you're grasping it, like what is, what is Belgian Like, what does it mean to be Belgian? That is
1: (laughs) what it means to be Belgian.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of people, yeah. It's giving up your shoes like you're going bowling. Equal parts unsurprising and obvious, the third biggest festival in the entirety of Europe is a beer festival in Ghent, a town whose population of just 260,000 balloons to over 2.2 million for this week-long celebration of Belgium's finest ales,
1: there's three big European party-like uh, festivals. Yes, um, there's one in Valencia. You have Oktoberfest, and then you have the Ghentse Okay, and the Ghentse Feesten is um, in the city of Ghent for ten days long. It turns into major concerts. That sounds amazing. So I try to go for one weekend every year, and I went last year as well. Um, and what they did now, which I thought was amazing, and it kind of made me feel like a king walking around, very drunk, <laughs> is that instead of giving you a normal cup, if you asked for a Duval, which has its own glass, they will give you a plastic Duval glass. <laughs> it's like walking around with a wine glass, but just then like even this. fancier. Like, I was just walking there thinking I owned a place <laughs> yeah. uh, in the streets full of drunks. But it, I even took it with me to here. If I had it at home, that's how much I loved it, yeah. There are
2: over 800 different varieties of beer in Belgium and more than 2,000 different brands, each with their own glass, for more than 400 different breweries. Not bad for a population of just 12 million people. That's the same amount of people who live in Pennsylvania.
0: And after a nice pint of 14% Trappist monk beer, according to the internet, there's nothing the Belgians like more than a spot of falconry. Falconry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Falconry. Yeah, falconry, like people do it, but I thought this is like in every country that there's people doing it. I didn't think not that this is... Not my fucking country. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't fuck with falcons? No, no, not anymore after the restraining order. Uh, <laughs> The falcon has to wear the ankle bracelet. They're vicious for <laughs> tidy worms, though. <laughs> well, I am going to say we don't have anything to do with falcons, but we do like pigeons, though. Groups of people who will have pigeons in their back garden yeah. and then train them to circle around the house. And then you like, people will go to France, release them. It's like sort of a pigeon race. Yeah. But people who breed these pigeons and play with them, we call them pigeon milkers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. never know how to milk a pigeon, and <laughs> I will never try. But that's why what we call them—you're uh, a pigeon milker if you Is that do this trade. An insult? No, oh no it's it, it actually no. It's just like t-
2: I would uh, identify myself as a pigeon milker.
1: You can be whoever you want to be, <laughs> <this>. just, just, <laughs> just so I'll say it in public. <laughs> so.
2: Pigeon milking or fancying as it is called in English, runs deep in Belgium. The country is considered the traditional heartland of pigeon racing and has been since the First World War. A waning popularity in the century since hasn't meant that Belgium has dropped off the radar in the pigeon racing league. In fact, in 2020, a Belgian pigeon breeder named Gaston van de Wauer sold one bird for $1.9 million to an online bidder named Hitman, in China, Belgians are still the best pigeon milkers in the world. Yes,
0: yeah, so Belgians do have an odd way with words. We were taken by one word, which Dennis informed us had made its way into the national vernacular.
1: I don't know. It was like the f- most famous word a couple of years ago, and I think it was called swaffling. And that's when you... Put your penises together as a sword fight. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that made it into the dictionary, but enough people did it. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we need a term so wait, for what this. What was <laughs> the Swaffling. Word? Swaffling. Yeah.
2: Does it happen though? Does it? Because you need again coming I mean, back to
1: it. I mean, you honestly, need you guys dick. spend a lot of time together. If there's somebody that could know if it happens, I'm usually flaccid around Neil.
0: Ninety-eight percent. It might have time. been some like semi-cross streaming. <laughs> Some point.
1: for like Ghostbusters or something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sword fighting never in life. In life. Now we're talking. Not but in Belgium. S- I've crossed streams with. I have. I've been in the position of peeing uh, oh, next ah, to yeah. yeah. something
1: I did before.
2: Yeah. 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 I was
0: just gonna say, you never like pee in the toilet with your dad and like. No.
1: Sh- but I never
2: swaffled with my dad. No, no swaffling.
1: Well, <laughs> welcome to Belgium. <laughs> <I> mean, uh.
2: <laughs> pigeon milking all day long. Yeah. But. <laughs> I'll muck that fucking pigeon until well, the cows come home. What are we doing? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I'm enjoying it. Well, apparently in Belgium, it's illegal to assume a tall, beautiful, blue-eyed blonde is Swedish. It's illegal to wear a red hat in Antwerp. It's illegal to have more than 25% foreign beers on offer in a bar. On the flip side, it's totally legal to throw Brussels sprouts at tourists, to drive into oncoming traffic, or to requisition dogs or oxen for the purpose of pulling military vehicles. Belgium is pretty weird when it comes to lawmaking. But why?
1: We have a lot of governments. Mm. So we do have a lot of laws that could either go for the Flemish side but not the Walloon side. Or that could be decided in Brussels for both of them or not. Um, Yeah, we have six governments. We have the Brussels government. We have the Flemish one and then the Walloon one. We have a federal one, and that's already four. And then we have a French region or French-speaking language one and a Flemish-speaking language one. Between the 50 and the 60 ministers, that's what we have. for a country that has like 60 people. So yeah, it makes no sense. And often some of them have pretty much the same position, but then either for Walloon, for the Walloon part or from the Flemish part or for the Brussels part. I think three years ago, I think, yeah, next year they have to vote again. So three years ago, um, everybody voted. And I think close to between 20 and 30% voted extreme right. Um, But there is a law in Belgium that um It's cordon sanitaire, I think it's called. That's amazing. The there sanitary is, string, yeah. which
2: sounds like I'm talking yeah. about a tampon.
1: Yeah. That's not what I mean. Yeah. No,
2: no, it's like the 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 security, the security limit.
1: There right? is a law in place that they can never rule alone. Between they can't thirty be percent votes, right. so even so if they get the
0: full vote, they still have to go to like coalition.
1: Yeah, know. but nobody wants to coalition. Nobody like wants people. to hang out with yeah. them. But you know what happens? Nothing. Because so, it's like four, five different parties that all have different opinions. And then for four years, nothing happens. So I'll see them again next year. Well, not me anymore. But like the Belgian people will see them again next year and it's going to happen again. And so crazy. Nothing happens.
0: So Belgium holds a very odd record in politics.
2: Belgium has a record of the longest period without a government beating Iraq
1: yeah. twice. Twice. So I wrote it down because I did want to know these days because I kind of was wondering myself. So in 2010, we had the record for 541 days. That's and then in 2018, time. we crushed it with 592 days. Almost two years.
2: You can look at it on two ways, which is this place is dysfunctional, makes no sense. On the other hand, it seemed okay.
1: Well, yeah, no. Nope, isn't that the nope. worst part? <laughs> <laughs> Like that, nobody seems to get the logic that wait. Without them, it functions. <laughs> so what are they doing there then? Uh, yeah. Like, you mean uh, it just
0: are there still fries? Let's yeah, go. yeah, of course. Are of there course. are there pigeon milkers? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the pigeons they are, are flying.
1: The, they are the basic of every. We're still
0: eating problems. fries. We can still <laughs> <laughs> fuck Parliament. Who cares? This is the greatest country in the world.
1: <laughs> Like, uh, like um, how Flight of the Conchords sang it: "Too many dicks on the dance floor." I think that's exactly what we have in politics. To be honest.
2: So let's go through a few of these crazy Belgian rules.
0: Gambling at home in any in any way for money is illegal
1: i did I did play poker you? at at friends' places like i'm not going to say for a lot of money, but we did used to do it i didn't know it was illegal so you're you're a criminal you're a basically. badass. that 's why I left the country <laughs> yeah, exactly um, <laughs> and all the reasons I specified in this conversation <laughs> I like number two,
2: no nighttime police raids. Yeah. Wow. That's fabulous. That's right.
0: No nighttime police raids. The law prohibits raids on private homes between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. unless a person living there invites the authorities to enter, you know, to check out their meth lab, or they have been directly observed committing a crime. You can drive straight into oncoming traffic.
1: What? Ooh, I know what you mean. Is it is what? it the rule of right that you yeah, it used to be that we had a rule if you're f- coming from the right side you have a uh, priority. It used to be with signs and everything and I think now it's just a standard thing that I think in every <laughs> junction you will have to look to the right making sure that nobody comes from there because if you didn't give them like priority and they hit your car, they're going to be in the right uh, wow. in uh, court of law. Along with this,
2: Belgium also has an entire range of so-called gas fines, which are small penalties for
1: minor disturbances. If you would mow the lawn on a Sunday, which annoys a lot of people, you would get a gas fine for that, because it's just not proper to do. It's not okay.
0: If you are a busker and you're playing in public, you can be fined if you're not singing in key.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's great. Uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of fabulous. Honestly, yeah. It's a good filter. It's a cordon sanitaire.
1: What do you mean, ridiculous loss? This is-
0: <laughs> Cat lovers can receive a gas fine letter if they keep more than five cats in an apartment. It's a lot I of feel like everybody should get a fine. I was I think it should be more than three. I think you should be forced to look at your life
2: <laughs> publicly.
0: Lokeren?
1: Yep. Yeah, Lokeren.
0: Yeah. All forms of fortune telling and
2: dream interpretation are That's banned. Genius. <laughs> wow. I didn't know I would love Lokeren. I was going to say, I think I'm falling in love with yeah. Belgium generally.
0: <laughs> a law allowing penalty mitigation for wounding or killing someone in a duel was also recently repealed.
1: So we we got rid of that law, and then we instated this waffle law. So technically, we could still duel. I mean, pistols at dawn. (laughs) If you have a That's when most pistols happen, yes, at dawn. Morning glory (laughs) duel.
0: All the laws from the goat lawmaking country in Europe feel somewhat sensible, we suppose. So let's move on to one of the most inherent Belgian sensibilities. Home-owning. De
2: Belg heeft een baksteen in de mag. It's
1: not too bad, actually. De Belg heeft een baksteen in de mag. So we were born with a brick in the stomach. Okay, what, what does that mean? What do you need bricks for? To build houses. Yes. To build a house. So Belgian, Bel- Belgian people are very traditional still in the way that we do go to a certain path that we have to go through. Like um, you study, you go to work, you find somebody that you love, you build a house and then live hopefully happily after, uh, ever after. And that's kind of it, yeah. Do you
2: feel like you need to get yourself a house? Like, I is did, it. That- Oh, you did already?
1: Yeah, I actually
2: sold it a month ago.
1: So (laughs) So
2: when did you buy your house?
1: I was 24 when I bought a house. Wow. What? Yeah. It was time for me to move out. And I think a lot of Belzins feel that at a certain point in their like 20s. After school, you work for a year or two, and then you're like, I don't want to live with my parents anymore. But I want my own thing. I want my own thing, yeah. And it's fun, though. But I feel now, looking back, maybe you're too young. Hmm. Like to all the young listeners, like... Just like two years younger than me, um, <laughs> save your money, travel, like do something fun. Go, go figure out misinformation by yourself. Like yeah. do all these things before you actually settle down somewhere. I think, yeah. I don't regret my choice, but if I would redo it, I would do it different. Mm. Yeah.
2: One of the things that was. That it is set. I don't know if I have this stereotype, but apparently it floats around, that Belgians are very nice.
1: Yeah, I think we're quite proper or, or modest as well. And I think the modest part helps with being nice because we're kind of the people that rather be behind the curtains than in front of them. Well, I can definitely say this for myself. I never want to be the only reason I'm doing this is because it's not filmed. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's my voice and you guys will change it into a beautiful one for sure. So, I'm I'm very okay with that, but yeah, we don't really like it. I think we are properly nice weirdly enough because there's no catch. Hmm. We just try to not have conflict that's how we live our lives just scurrying around like just trying to find a road that lead us further without actually having to bother anybody and <laughs> and I feel it for myself as well if I have questions I'll first try to solve it without asking anybody and if mm. I really 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 can't then I'll have to ask somebody but otherwise it doesn't happen no.
2: when you have to ask somebody you it- feel guilty yeah. Mm,
1: yeah you feel guilty you're like fuck I couldn't do this You have to trust us when
2: we tell you that this is 100% true about Dennis. He is hands down one of the most genuine people. And some of that Dutch forwardness has rubbed off on him too. Maybe that makes him an unstereotypical Belgian. But that's what this show is all about.
0: So the question, as always, is does Dennis feel that being Belgian carries something else? Something
1: darker or heavier? For us, it's like the opposite. It's like nobody knows who we are. As soon as I say I'm Belgian, I get accepted weirdly enough. Like people are like, oh, you're Belgian. They don't know what it means, but they know it's not bad. Mm. (laughs) So like if you go somewhere, like if you go to Spain and you say I'm German or English, they are going to be like, "Mm, tourists. If I say I'm Belgian, no. We like fly under the radar for everything. Mm. And then you reinvent yourself if you want to. You could be the same person and we're all going to be the way we are in a certain sense. But... I can't imagine you changing yourself too much. I don't know. Wherever you are. I don't know. Maybe I would. Let's test it out. So I'll see you guys in ten years and yeah. <laughs> we'll have this conversation again. The one thing that's true is
2: that regardless of what, he still has to bring back a crate of waffles exactly. every time he comes back
1: home. Just like when I go to Belgium, the first thing I get I get at the airport, I take a train for two hours, and the first thing I'll do is eat fries. Because if I don't, I will yeah. be miserable, I think. I don't know. There's something.
2: And it's, it's pretty good if, like, the things that make your nation are fries, waffles, and a little boiler peas. <laughs> and milking pigeons, I guess, if I have to hmm. throw something else in there. Yeah, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. We don't yeah. need much more. We're happy with the things <laughs> we have. You can take the boy out of Belgium, but you can't take Belgium out of the boy. So Dennis has a comfort to him
0: that can only really come from being born in a country with no real, truly
2: ubiquitous international stamp. And we don't mean that as an insult. For us, inventing fries, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and the saxophone are more than enough to hang a national identity on. But does Dennis feel at ease with all this? How does it feel to be asked these questions
0: over and over again? Do you get asked these no,
1: kind of questions? No, no, and most people, like we said, barely know what Belgium is. So, like most of the people think I'm either part of of France or part of Holland. So they're not even Flemish. It's like if somebody tells me, "Oh, you speak Flemish," I'm already like flabbergasted. I'm like, "Well, hello there. Like, <laughs> how did you know?" Um You get to live behind the scenes, like what you're saying. Is yeah, you're like and I think in general Belgian people are quite relaxed about it as well. We know it's a fuck up up there. It's fine, <laughs> but it's a fuck up everywhere. So in the end it all works out. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a Thanks pleasure for hanging out with us days. Well, I mean I love hanging out with you guys But you never invite me to anything. No, that's not true I, It's been a truly an honor um, To represent Belgium Which I still don't think I still don't think like I was the right it's, guy to do this He
2: says so uncomfortable I, I yeah. swear
1: to God But I just To all Belgian uh, people I don't I hope I didn't offend anybody And yeah We just, so, we just
0: have to wait For the paperwork To come through from yeah, Brussels Put it in the journey.
1: comments people But <laughs>
2: Say what you want about anonymity. Belgians, well, at least this one, are chameleons. Not because you can't see the chameleon. It's more like you never really realized what a chameleon was to begin with.
0: So thanks to our Belgian chameleon, Dennis Vaneste for all of his wisdom and laughs. For what it's worth, we here at Misinformation put the worldview of Belgium at about 60% correct. Though only 2%
2: of the world actually knows where Belgium is. And as per usual, Dennis left us with a few of his favorite places in the country. So as we always do, here are his saved pins for you to check out when you're next visiting. Of course, these will always be in the notes in the Circa app.
0: Number one, the Ardennes. Dennis is obviously a man in touch with nature, so he urges you to visit this unspoiled area in the southeast of Belgium. It's full of forests and valleys and rivers, picturesque villages,
2: traditions and folklore. Number two, Antwerp. The beautiful diamond-encrusted port city on Belgium's river Scheldt has a history dating to the Middle Ages, but it may be more artsy than you think. It's a very modern city, full of museums, and also is home to the great Duvel Brewery.
0: Number three, Ghent. Dennis tells us, skip Bruges and go to Ghent. It's just as beautiful and as medieval, and is a real student town, so there's always something fun going on. Head there in July if you can for the Festen, a week-long celebration of music
2: and beer. Number four, Despinikop. The spider-head. Dennis' favourite authentic bruhne Krug or brown bar, is also in Ghent, where the beers are affordable, the food is good, and the ambiance is perfect to talk, play board games and just chill. It's only open from Monday till Thursday, though, just to weed out the weekend warriors. Number 5. Hoverland. A cyclist's dream,
0: which includes Kemmelberg, a very steep, cobblestone hill. Tons of beautiful countryside and terrain great for cycle racing. This is where you come to see a classic race. So guys, it's
2: great to be back.
0: It really is. Um, We'll be continuing to put misinformation in the passport feed, but we had such fun making it and it got such a great response. It really has become its own thing. So you can also subscribe to MisinfoNation in its very own feed, anywhere you get great podcasts. Or you can go download and listen in the Circa app, which we've been developing for over a year. We'll put a link to it in the notes. It's truly
2: awesome. Next time on MisinfoNation, well, we may be in Japan, maybe South Africa. We might even stay in Spain. You're just going to have to wait and see. We'll see you then with more cultural myth-busting.
0: This episode of Misinformation was written, produced, and edited by me, Neil Innes, and Andres Bartos. Huge thanks again to the warm, funny, and brilliant Dennis Vaneste for helping us make the show. You can follow him on Instagram at V A N N E S T J E. Don't worry, we'll put it in the notes. Speaking of which, remember to download the Circa app, available now at the App Store. It's a beautifully designed one-stop shop for travel audio, which gives you access to extra information, photos, and maps for the places mentioned in this episode. Plus, all of our Circa original series and full guides to cities like Rome, London, Barcelona, LA, and Paris, and much more. Our theme music is by River Deep Mountain Dew. Stacy Book, Dominic Ferrari, and Avi Glijansky are better served double fried with mayonnaise. And they also executive produce the show, which is hosted by me and a man who would most certainly milk a pigeon till the cows came home, Andres Bartos. We'll see you in the next place.